I'm Christina. And this is Erin. And you're listening to Something to Wag About. So Erin, you had a fun topic you wanted to talk about today. Did you want to introduce it? Yeah, today I want to talk about the biomechanics of our dog training and why it matters. First, we could start off with what exactly is biomechanics. And when I say that, I'm just talking about how the way our dog is able to move, how their structure relates to their movement and how it affects their ability to meet the criteria of our training session. I see a lot of people when they're trying to train, asking their dog for things and they start to get frustrated because their dog isn't able to perform. And when I'm looking at the the actual way the dog's body has to move to be able to perform the behavior, that the dog just physically is not able to do it, whether or not it's because how the person is holding the treat, the reinforcer, or just the dog doesn't have the strength. I see a lot of frustration in the dog starting to happen. So just wanted to talk today about how we can change our reinforcement strategies and our expectations for the biomechanics of our dogs. Okay, so for those of us not as educated as you in the fitness world, or the maybe the structure world, can you give me a, an example that I might see in the dog world? Absolutely. One that I have seen recently is the dog walk is a great example, especially for our long back dogs. So when they're trying to do a stopped contact, either on the dog walk or the A-frame, people bring their dog to the ends of the dog walk and they want them to remain in a stand position with the two on two off. And they're trying to reinforce that. And they tend to hold their hands quite high, likely just because we're we're human and we're standing high and our dogs are much lower than us. And when they're holding their reinforcers and trying to get those treats into our dog's mouth, our dogs are having to crank their heads way up. And especially when you have long back dogs, there's quite a elevation difference between the ground and the, the A-frame where their hind feet are. So it forces our dogs to put their back into a lot of extension. And a lot of them physically just can't do it, uh, or they don't have that flexibility yet to do it. And what often happens is the dogs end up going into a sit, or even sometimes their feet might slide off the dog walk. And people think that might just be our dogs not understanding the behavior, which it, it could be. But I think it's also important to look at what our dogs have to physically do to be able to do that behavior as well and address those needs on top of just the understanding of the behavior. So on the A-frame example with the back feet are up higher. So I'm assuming uh, most people listening would know what an A-frame is, but it looks like a big A-frame, the dog runs up one side over the peak, down the other side and stops with its front feet on the ground, but its back feet still up on the A-frame. And that's a common training thing in agility. So are you suggesting when we feed the dog, we try to feed them um, considering a top line that's then parallel 
to the A-frame board? Is that what you're suggesting? So yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Usually it's just a matter of having to lower your hands so that you put the, the dog's spine into a neutral position, which yeah, parallel to the A-frame is an excellent way to think of it. And then our dogs don't have to put their back in, into that extension and it's just easier for them to do. And you mentioned long back dogs. Are there any other structural considerations? For instance, you know, short legged dogs or uh, short shoulder conformation. Is there anything specific that you would also make extra note of for this behavior? Uh, I think a lot of it is going to be a bit dog dependent and their fitness background. Uh, some dogs with really straight front ends can have a little bit of a hard time getting uh, extension through their shoulders. So that could be a, a bit of a challenge for those dogs, depending on how far off they're coming with their front feet onto the ground. But it's always helpful to step back, step to the side, kind of look at what your dog looks like. And you can get a pretty good idea as to whether or not it looks like a comfortable position for the dog. And especially if they're popping into a sit, it's, it's pretty likely that it's just they don't have that flexibility through their through their spine and just lower that lower your hands towards the ground so that their back is now parallel to the a-frame and there's a good chance that's just going to help them get success so in my training when I've done those types of behaviors my reward placement my instructors have always said to reward on the ground how do you feel about that for their posture yep rewarding on the ground for posture purposes definitely will be a little bit better, especially if you're just rewarding once or twice. We want to think again that if you're if you're trying to get a lot of value for that position and part of your training is feeding a lot of treats over and over again, potentially at the beginning when we're just building value, I wouldn't want to do too many repetitions because that's almost like doing a push-up if you're having them go down onto the ground. So Definitely fine with that in terms of form, but I would keep the repetition low. And I imagine uh, the number of iterations we do of this and the duration, all of those things matter, just like we're doing fitness or any other tricks, right? Absolutely. Uh, Pretty much everything, dogs, sports and dog training in general, if we're asking any type of physical demanding exercises on our dogs, quality over quantity is generally my safe bet. I don't like to do a lot of repetitions of any behaviors that are physically challenging for our dogs. So that's something to always keep in mind when we're doing this type of training. So can you tell, I don't expect you to go into a training plan on a podcast, but if someone were to come to you as a fitness instructor, would you have certain exercises that you do for agility dogs that are going to be performing this to strengthen them and to prepare their bodies for that position? Absolutely. There are many different exercises you can do, and it's going to depend on the dog itself. A lot of fitness is very catered to the individual, especially depending on what sports you are doing. If you are doing agility or any other type of disc, that type of thing, a lot of the beginning foundation exercises are all the same. And when we grow on it, we can branch off into whatever specific sports you are in but there's always going to be some special considerations. So when we're looking at long back dogs, we really want to make sure that they have really strong cores. And if we're looking at a dog that has some pretty straight angles in the front, we want to really help them prove the 
extension through their shoulders. So absolutely, there's things we can do depending on what sport you're in, but it varies so much depending on the, the individual dog. Can you think of any other, maybe a non-agility example where this is a, a similar problem or a similar thing we need to keep in mind for common exercises we ask of the dogs? Uh, definitely in terms of repetition. So even if you do get into fitness, but a pretty common one, not agility, but a lot of people do even pet owners will sometimes do if they're just wanting their dogs to have a bit more body awareness sense of their body is the, the pivot bowl. A lot of people have that where they dogs put their front feet up onto something and they're stepping around it with their back feet. And I commonly see people who, especially young dogs, or when you're just starting to do this type of work with your dog, you'll get one or two perfect rotations around the bowl. And then all of a sudden the dog stops performing for you. And it's really easy for people to get frustrated. And they say, I don't understand. Like my dog knows this. Why isn't he doing it anymore? And a lot of people like to end on a high note. So they keep pushing their dogs and, you know, looking back, especially if you video, you can really see that usually a lot of times when we start to see that happen, it's actually because our dogs are just getting tired, especially young dogs that uses a lot of strength in their hind end, all their stabilizer muscles to be able to go around the pivot bowl. So if you're brand new, just starting out and doing that exercise with your dog, keep in mind, we don't have to go around the pivot bowl 10 times or so. If you had two perfect rotations and then your dog starting to, to hesitate or offer different behaviors, more than likely they're just getting tired and it's better to just quit versus trying to get another, another good rep out of it. Wonderful. Okay. Um, do you have anything else to add? Oh, probably. <laughs> So what I think I've gotten out of this is when we're asking our dogs to perform a behavior that might not be something natural or something that we see them doing all the time on their own, we want to consider that it might be difficult for the dog and they might be experiencing muscle fatigue and that failures in the training aren't always because the dog doesn't understand or isn't motivated. It might be because our dog physically can't do what we're asking any longer. Exactly. Take a step back, look at your dog and see why they're struggling. And a lot of time, yeah, they just might not have the, the physical capability yet. And we certainly can help and teach that. And another thing too, people love to be working their young dogs, which is great, but young puppies do go through developmental stages where, you know, it's the, the gangly don't take pictures of your puppies at some points in time because they just look absolutely ridiculous, like little antelopes and all this thing. It's all dogs tend to go through that awkward phase. And especially during that time, it can just be uncomfortable for dogs to be doing some behaviors or movements with their body. So taking that in consideration, you know, if your dog is just flat out refusing to do something and they're young and you look at them and be like, Oh, you're pretty awkward looking right now. It's safe to bet that maybe that's it. And, you know, you just take a month or two off from that particular exercise and come back to it when they're a little more uh, into their adult bodies. Whoa.